This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Five minutes after five o'clock on a Wednesday morning. No doubt about it, this is going to be a challenging day for anybody that's got to make their way around Wisconsin. Doesn't matter where you are. I'm Pam Yonke. Come on in. Glad to have you along with us. We'll be keeping you up to date on the latest weather details. Stu Mucker, Ag Meteorologist, joining us in about 15 minutes. Today, the snow should be ending by about mid-morning. 22 is our expected high today. Maybe even a little sun this afternoon, which will probably help with the cleanup. For tomorrow, the winds kick in and our temperatures start to drop. We'll hit a daytime high tomorrow of 16, but then temperatures will drop. We'll be in minus 11 category by tomorrow afternoon. Same situation for the weekend. It is going to be bitterly cold. Single-digit highs on Friday and Saturday and uh, minus zero easily for both of those afternoons, Friday and Saturday as well. Like I said, Stu's got the weather details coming up. And we're visiting with Angie Horkin from the Wisconsin Beef Council before 6 o'clock. Our checkoff chats today focuses in on a fairly good year that beef producers had in 2018. She's going to help you understand why. Did you know that our UW School of Veterinary Medicine has trained more than half of the veterinarians in Wisconsin? Those are veterinarians taking care of your dog, your cat, your horses, your cows. Pam Yankee here to tell you the story of the UW School of Veterinary Medicine. You know, they built their space to take care of 12,000 patients. Today, they're seeing 27,000 patients in the same space. And those patients travel from a long distance. 80% of the patients are from here in Wisconsin. But there's others that have traveled from as far away as Alaska, even Hong Kong, to find this world-class facility. But this facility needs a facelift. So why don't you step up and help? You can find out more about the new plans for groundbreaking research and groundbreaking expansion at the UW School of Veterinary Medicine. Go to animalsneedheroes2.com. And now it's time for another Focus on Energy flashback. No matter what you're doing on the farm, a remodel, an upgrade, uh, anything like that, and maybe possible new construction, you should always call the Focus on Energy Advisors in advance because you guys have the trained eye on where to look for those kind of energy savings and especially those bonuses, double bonuses. Yes, not only do we have the two dairy energy specialists, but we also have 12 energy advisors located throughout the state to help those customers get in on those first uh, planning meetings to make sure that we get as many incentives for the farmers as we can because Lord knows that they need it right now. Boy, for sure. Focusonenergy.com is the website. I always encourage you, uh, whether you're working with an electrician, a builder, anybody in the trades, make sure you ask them early on, hey, are you a part of the Focus on Energy program? Do you know our Focus on Energy advisor? Many, many will. Partnering with Wisconsin Utilities. Focus on Energy. Learn more at FocusOnEnergy.com. Well, we just got done with some of our agronomy updates, trying to give growers a little perspective on the growing season of 2019. Fabulous farm babe Pam Yonke here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And, of course, on the horizon, Wisconsin's Corn Soy Expo, January 31st, February 1st, Kalahari Resort in Wisconsin Dells. Bob, will have all the experts there to try to give us guidance for 2019. Absolutely, and it's always a good, worthwhile meeting to find out what's happened in the past, what's going to happen, and what is new research for the future. One of those experts, Joe Lauer, our state corn specialist, as uh, he had a chance to visit with some of the growers around the state, and while he was here at the northern end of the world's longest barn, we had a chance to talk to him about the research that he's working on, and also 
with all the crazy weather we had during the last growing season, how did the corn crop actually end up, Joel? Well, we have record yields. Uh, where This is the second highest crop yield we ever had, but you're right. Um, the year started off with very difficult planting conditions. We, we really struggled to get into a number of locations. We had a warm-up that occurred at the end of May, which basically what, what happened was anything planted early caught up and actually moved ahead in terms of its development. Anything planted after about May 20th basically developed normally. And uh, for most of the season, it was it was beautiful. I mean, you were driving around the countryside, and it looked like the crop was kind of bounding out of the uh, bounding out of the fields a little bit. And I remember talking at a field day in August that this is one of the prettiest years I've ever seen. But then September and October hit, and we just had way too much rain, causing a lot of uh, uh, delays, and, and also just we had a real difficult time trying to get in and harvest. And in a few locations, we got stuck with our with our little combine and um, had some real issues just trying to get the crop out. And people are still dealing with that. A lot of corn, some corn still out in the field. But, you know, when you add it all up, uh, this has never happened to me in the, in the time that I've been here at Wisconsin. Every single location had a positive yield uh, over the 10-year average. Usually we'll have two or three locations that are negative uh, compared to the 10-year average. But every single location for grain and silage had a positive uh, yield increase uh, this past year. So statewide, it was good. It was just that we had some real struggles with events that occurred during the season. The new hybrids, that much better? They get all the credit? Well, um, I I don't know if it mattered. Uh, Certainly the hybrids that are doing well in the grain side are oftentimes transgenic hybrids, but we'll still see conventional hybrids pop in there. On the silage side, if you look at the, the honor roll, the top hybrids that are in the in the program, you'll see more con- conventional kinds of hybrids. Uh, but uh, I think genetically, we're still seeing gain. If you look at across the country, it's about two bushels per acre per year. And Wisconsin is right in that two bushel per acre per year range. So we're still seeing the same kinds of gains we have in the past. And the transgenic era from 1996 till now is actually a little steeper yield increase than it was during what I call the hybrid era from 1930 to 1996. So we've gained maybe a a half a bushel rate increase. Not every county enjoys it, though. You go to northern Wisconsin, you look at the slope of the yields in those counties in the north, and it's a flat line. So many part, many Corn Belt counties are doing well, but when you get to the edges, uh, the slopes of those of those yield gains are not there. They're just they're zero. So, what do you attribute that to? Well, I think it's most of the breeding activity typically occurs in the in the Corn Belt. You know, the breeders are located there, and that's where a lot of the selection goes, and 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 hybrids are developed there first, and then they're kind of moved out over time. Uh, kind of to the edges. And I expect some of these more outer edge counties to see a response uh, eventually. But initially in this transgenic era, it's been uh, kind of a slow diffusion out. But it'll come eventually where those counties will start to increase. The biggest increase in the country is down in southern Georgia, uh, northern Florida, where they've had a lot of irrigation come in. And with these transgenic hybrids controlling all the insects and pests that can occur in a more southerly climate, 
they've really responded, and they're increasing. Over, over the last 22 years, their yields have increased over 80 bushels, almost 90 bushels per acre per year in those counties. That is a big number. Well, Joe, your research, Joe Lauer, our guest, state corn specialist, uh, talking to agronomists and to farmers around the state. And, Joe, some of the research you're doing, nit- nitrogen-fixing corn. What's that research all about, and what's showing up? Well, um, John Michelle Anay, who's a professor in our agronomy department, worked with Mars Candy uh, for a number of years, um, uh, trying to uh, characterize and try to trying to get nitrogen fixing corn. That's kind of the holy grail to have cereals fix nitrogen, so that we can reduce the amount of nitrogen that is that is produced. My intent of talking about this at this meeting was to kind of slow people down a little bit with this because although we have documented nitrogen fixation, we're still a long ways from commercializing this. These hybrids come from southern Mexico, or they're not hybrids, they're actually land races varieties, come from southern Mexico where they've been grown in association uh, with a tropical climate as well as nitrogen depleted soils. That's how they've been managed for centuries. And um, the plant is about four to five feet taller than uh, what we would, you know, corn normally is. And the other thing is that they grow about eight to ten whorls of uh, brace roots, if look like brace roots, above the soil surface. These brace roots produce mucilage that prevent oxygen from getting into where where bacteria live. These nitrogen-fixing bacteria live, and they they uh, they. Uh, uh, that mucilage prevents oxygen from getting to that nitrogen, those, those bacteria, so they can fix atmospheric nitrogen then. And um, the results that John Michel has, has found is that somewhere between 30 and 80 percent of the nitrogen needs of the plant can be fixed and, and, and obtained through this, meso- through this method. Usually we think of nitrogen fixation as nodules on soybeans and alfalfa. But this is actually grown on the, in this mucilage on the aerial roots. And, uh, and it, it works. Uh, the thing is, though, is that uh, UW and all its, uh, you know, aggressiveness tried to patent this gene along with Mars. And um, uh, they were denied the patent. And it was because this trait is an ancient trait. It's been around for a long period of time and it was really unpatentable. And uh, so uh, the, the publication came out this last summer, uh, released this information. And, uh, and, and again, my whole purpose of talking about it here is to just kind of slow people down a little bit and don't get too excited because you're trying to move a corn, uh, a corn variety from one area of adaptation to something that's very different and unique. I never see mucilage on brace roots in corn up here. And not only that, but if you have a drought or something like that, it'd be, it could be very challenging to, to have that. It's not like the tropics necessarily mm-hmm. down there. And then finally, a last point is, you know, if the corn seed industry and how aggressive they are, you know, this was really a worthy trait, it, they would be all over this thing. And, uh, again, the, the proof of concept is, is shown. We can grow nitrogen-fixing bacteria on cereals. It's a very different model. Uh, but uh, whether or not it's going to be actual commercialized down the road, it'll, it'll take a lot of long time to do that. And kind of the exciting thing about it is not only corn, but uh, it's also uh, there's also some uh, efforts on wheat, 
other other kinds of cereals out there as well too. So very different model, uh, but it's something that I just wanted to kind of explain here and 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 uh, again temper things a little bit, and it's a little, we're a long way from commercialization. Joe Lauer, state corn specialist, joining us, talking about the, some of the research being done and what looks like ahead for 2019. I'm Bob Osold. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Hi, Mark Ganser here. Ganser has the answer. Trusted in the Madison area for over eight decades, let us show you why. We only carry Infinity fiberglass windows from Marvin, windows that can endure our Wisconsin weather, not vinyl. Mark, you mean the plastic windows with the wood grain stickers? Yes, Stacy. vinyl windows will jam, warp, crack, and fade over time. Ganser Company offers free in-home estimates. Ask about our financing options today. Visit our website at gansercompany.com or stop by the showroom off the Beltline near Todd Drive. Are you looking to remodel your bathroom? Don't want it to go on forever? If you hate cleaning your shower or bath, look no further than Bath Planet from Ganser. The only bath system backed by the good housekeeping seal of approval. Baths redone in only a few days. Schedule your free in-home consultation now. Or step into a beautiful showroom on the Beltline. Let our designers design the bath of your dreams. Ganser, that's the answer. We decided we wanted to get married and for that you need a ring. So when I thought about it, I knew the only place I wanted to go was our family jeweler. And I felt that was important for her. I know Chalmers always does great custom design. I knew exactly what I wanted and I wanted it the way Chalmers did it. They know how to make a customer feel like the only customer they've ever had. I was blown away. It was better than what I had originally had in my head. It was beautiful, and I couldn't stop looking at it. And even now, I still look at my hand and smile. She loves her engagement ring. The next step is we're going back to Chalmers and having them customize our wedding bands. For now, we're really enjoying what they did with the engagement ring. When my friends see it, they all gasp. (laughs) They think it's gorgeous. And Madison. If there was an award for the best farmer's tan, she'd be sure to win it. Pam Yonke and the Farm Report. 519 on a crazy start to a Wednesday morning, depending on where you are. Uh, Snow totals just keep rolling in this morning. And we, of course, uh, may not be out of it yet. But today might actually end up being one of the warmest days of the week. If you take a look at what's coming our way later this week, the only color you're going to see is going to be the red on your cheeks. Let's talk weather. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us live via Skype. And buddy, I'll tell you, this is a crazy start to a Wednesday morning. We've got the Dairy Strong Conference starting in just a few hours at the Monona Terrace Convention Center. Be curious to see how many people show up for those early sessions. Sam, I'd have to say farm folks are probably pretty hardy, and if there's a chance, they're not going to be slowed down a whole lot by snow. No major shocking huge amounts to report this morning, although figures are still coming in, and the snow has been heavier from this mass. Madison, southern Wisconsin area, off toward the southeast, a little more heavy wet snow in that area, but we are still dealing with some snow. We're not done with the activity. Should mention the winter weather advisory till 9 a.m. for La Crosse and Boston, and the winter storm warning for the rest of us till noon today. Now, there still is precipitation. That low pressure system has made its way into Illinois. It heads toward lower Michigan by late today, and there's still
still is snow extending from southwest to northeast parts of Iowa into western and central and southern Wisconsin. Heavier activity further south, Illinois to Indiana. There's a good possibility that the much heavier snow or that rain-snow-wet sloppy mix will stay farther south into Illinois yet today or just into far southeast Wisconsin. But nonetheless, we are going to add a little new snow yet today, even at La Crosse and Boston where things have gotten lighter. All of us could still see another inch or two, and in the south, maybe an additional three inches of new snow. That should happen yet this morning or just toward midday, and then there's going to be colder air. In fact, there's the part I don't want to talk about. An Alberta clipper-type little system drops in here late tonight, and as it does, it may account for a little light snow early tomorrow, but a reinforcement of cold air driving those temperatures way below normal as we head toward Friday and the weekend. I'll have forecast details right after this. No one works harder to help you achieve your goals. We know how challenging and rewarding farming in this way of life can be. You won't find financial experts with more ag knowledge and deeper rural roots. We grew up here, and many of us are farm kids through and through. So whether you have one acre or a thousand, whether you're building a house or a legacy, your friends, family, and neighbors at Compere Financial have your back. And, and we're, we're ready, ready to, to champion, champion rural together. together. Learn more at Compere.com. Compere Financial, equal credit opportunity lender. Celebrating 100 years, the Wisconsin Farm Bureau. It's a grassroots organization of people just like you and me who care about keeping agriculture strong. Joining the Farm Bureau can also qualify you for a number of money-saving member benefits that include discounts on insurance, travel, even equipment. Farm Bureau proud for 100 years. Become a member today at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. When a company only does business in Wisconsin, that's Wisconsin Strong. When their employees live where you live, that's Wisconsin Strong. When they support the local community by giving back, that's Wisconsin Strong. When your insurance premiums stay here, that's keeping Wisconsin Strong. Rural Mutual has been voted one of the top 50 insurance companies in the nation for auto, home, business, and farm insurance for the 10th year in a row. Their local agents and local employees make us Wisconsin Strong. Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more. So the word's going to be stay bundled up and stay covered and ready for what may change today. Again, that winter weather advisory, Lacrosse and Mauston until 9. The winter storm warning for the rest of us until noon today. Expect cloudy skies and some snow still around. Could be another inch or two around yet today, especially in the south. Low to mid-20s for highs. North winds 8 to 18, becoming northwest. Mostly cloudy tonight, a bit quieter but down into the single digits around 5 or so. West winds at 5 to 10. A slight chance of a little light snow with that clipper early tomorrow morning. Otherwise, cloudy skies becoming mostly sunny, clearing through the day. We only rise up into the upper teens, and the northwest winds increase tomorrow, 10 to 20, gusting to 30. And then there's that cold air, partly sunny on Friday and just around zero or above for all of us with a west wind at 5 to 10. So the word is take it easy, use your common sense. If you insist you have to be on the road, give yourself extra time and be careful, Pam. It is a wintry look out there now, something we haven't had to deal with a lot this winter. 
All righty, Stu. Well, a lot of folks proactive in front of this storm. There were 32 school closings yesterday in south-central Wisconsin before we hit 1 o'clock. So there's going to be plenty of that kind of activity to be monitored today. Stu Mucker, Ag Meteorologist, with your weather details. Coming up after 530, 2018 turned out to be a pretty good year for a lot of our Wisconsin beef producers. But why? What trends helped our beef industry continue to find profitability? We're talking about it with Angie Horkin from the Wisconsin Beef Council on our checkoff chat after 5.30. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. When you're in for improving your energy efficiency, Wisconsin is in for growing your farm's energy savings. Focus on energy partners with Wisconsin Utilities to offer farmers the tools to grow their farm's energy efficiency and cash incentives to make it happen. Get started today. Call 888-947-7828 or visit focusonenergy.com slash agribusiness to learn more. That's focusonenergy.com slash agribusiness. Focus on energy, helping farmers grow since 2001. It's kind of intimidating when your dad is one of the most famous jewelers in America. And you're supposed to follow in his footsteps. Yeah, and those are some big footsteps. How old were you when you came to work at Kessler's? Well, I started handing out balloons to customers when I was six. Wow. Dad was on the radio 52 weeks a year for more than 25 years. I'm talking to Monica Kessler of Kessler's Diamonds. He gave me and the other owners a gigantic opportunity. The other owners? Kessler's is 100% employee-owned. I'm just one of several dozen owners. So when I walk into Kessler's, I'm greeted by an owner? Every time. So what's your earliest memory of a Kessler's radio ad? In the beginning, Dad would end every ad by saying, I'm Richard Kessler, and I want to be your jeweler. What's he doing now? Playing golf, mostly. Is there anything you'd like to say before we go? Yes. I'm Monica Kessler, and I want to be your jeweler. Along with a few dozen other wonderful people hand-selected by my father. Welcome to Kessler's. The Wisconsin Cattlemen's Association invites you to join us for our annual winter conference held at Chula Vista Resort in Wisconsin Dells. Held February 8th and 9th, spend the day learning and networking during our Cattlemen's Educational Series. Make sure to stay for our Beef and Brews Reception, Recognition Program hosted by Pam Yonke, and Evening Entertainment from Milk House Radio. The Wisconsin Cattlemen's Association gives a voice to our state's beef producers on a local and national level. Visit WisconsinCattlemen.com to become a member and register for the conference. Hi, Mark Ganser here. Ganser has the answer. Trusted in the Madison area for over eight decades, let us show you why. We only carry Infinity fiberglass windows from Marvin, windows that can endure our Wisconsin weather, not vinyl. Mark, you mean the plastic windows with the wood grain stickers? Yes, Stacy. vinyl windows will jam, warp, crack, and fade over time. Ganser Company offers free in-home estimates. Ask about our financing options today. Visit our website at gansercompany.com or stop by the showroom off the Beltline near Todd Drive. Are you looking to remodel your bathroom? Don't want it to go on forever? If you hate cleaning your shower or bath, look no further than Bath Planet from Ganser. The only bath system backed by the good housekeeping seal of approval. Baths redone in only a few days. Schedule your free in-home consultation now. Or step into a beautiful showroom on the Beltline. Let our designers design the bath of your dreams. Ganser, that's the answer. 
some time ago, I decided to limit my practice to those procedures which I felt that I was the best at, and that's why I've limited entirely now to cosmetic body recontouring. Dr. Thomas Bartell focuses his practice exclusively on below-the-neckline cosmetic surgery procedures. That's his specialty, so his technique and results are exceptional. It has changed my life, made me feel better about myself. A lot of people do notice, and I'm not afraid to say that I had it done either. It doesn't bother me. When I do, people say, you know what, good for you. If that's what you wanted and that's what makes you happy, then go for it. I enjoy body recontouring because I'm able to actually change people's lives, make them feel better about themselves. I love the way I look now. It was a big change. It really boosted my self-confidence for myself, not to be out and try to show myself off, but it made me feel good inside. Call Dr. Thomas Bartell to schedule a free consultation. And to see actual before and after results, go to his website, drbartell.com. You count on the serenity, the peace and quiet when you have the house all to yourself. Then the contentment is interrupted by the sound of bloop, bloop. You never hear it when everyone else is home, but the solitude of just you and you alone has your kitchen faucet wanting to carry on a serious blooping conversation. It's something Benjamin Plumbing service techs fix all the time. The majority of Benjamin Plumbing's residential repairs are more affordable than you might think. Plus, they stand by their work with a warranty on all parts, labor, and repairs. Bloop, blooping, leaky faucet. Contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Badger Insider, uh, RJ. So you get the win, uh, RJ, on uh, Saturday. Wisconsin now 12-6. and six. You look at this schedule the next few games uh obviously uh, the next one up is wednesday you are uh playing illinois and uh, even though it's a road game i mean illinois is, is dreadful yes you, you like your chances there sure do. saturday you're back home uh northwestern a team that you know snapped that long tournaments you know streak last year and got in but they're right back to being dreadful <laughs> so you like your chances at home on saturday then it gets interesting. You know, Nebraska's kind of been in and out of the top 25. That's on the road. You get Maryland at home, but they're really good. You know, you, you like your chances against Minnesota, except it's a road game, and they beat you at, at your place. And then you go back to Michigan, and then Michigan State. I said last week before the Michigan game, you know, look at that stretch of games. Assuming you can win at Illinois and home against Northwestern. Nebraska, Maryland, Minnesota, Michigan, Michigan State. That that kind of decides it all. I mean, A, if you're going to be a tournament team, and B, if you are, are you going to be one of the last four in, or are you going to be a legitimate, you know, four, five, six seed where you can actually do some damage in the tournament? Do, do you think those kind of that stretch of games kind of is going to decide this thing? Uh, yeah, these next five, you can make up those four out of five you lost, I think. Um, you, I, Like you said, on the road at Illinois, they're – Pretty much a garbage team this year. <laughs> Pretty uh, much. And Nor- Northwestern, it's a home game. Um, I like the, the Badgers' chances that good there. Either. No, they, they kind of dip down, like Joe said, but still uh, a, a capable team. It's just Capable, they, that's a good word. When they go up, it seems when they go up against competition equal or better, they tend to fold. Uh, they play closer games against uh, the lesser teams. Um, Nebraska, 
especially at Nebraska, uh, the Badgers seem to have struggled there mm-hmm. uh, in, the, in their new place since it opened up. Um, but you s- still got to like the Badgers' chances. Uh, I mean, as as long as they don't have a first or second half that turns into 14 points. Well, yes, yeah, those long droughts. Right. And then, as Joe said, Maryland's a really good team. But you still were in there when you had a horrible first half. No, we came Same, back and we had the right. lead. Same with uh, the Minnesota game. You had a horrible first half that you just couldn't recover from. Those are two very winnable games for the Badgers. Uh, Maryland coming at home and even going to Minnesota, that should still be a winnable game for the Badgers. So out of these next five, uh, yeah, I like the Badgers' chances in all of them. Same. But they should be able to now make up for those four losses in five games with four wins in five games or five wins in five games. Well, I think this win over Michigan, is, um, that's a big boost, obviously. I'm mean, mm-hmm. seeing the obvious there. But the, for the confidence in the next games coming up, I think that you'll just see a different-looking Badgers without those, you know, that's a half of just ineptitude, 14 right. or 15 <laughs> points. And And you'd like to get those wins leading into a game at Michigan, a, oh, and that, followed totally. by a home game versus Michigan State. Because then you go right back into it mm-hmm. and go up against teams that you should be able to beat. When uh, when you go get a home game versus Illinois on the road at Northwestern, who, I, t- I mean, I've, I was going to say you go into a high school gym there now, but now uh, with the they revamped everything and that actually looks like an arena now. So it'll be interesting to see what what kind of environment that turns into. Um, you're on the road at Indiana, um, who is an up and down team this year. I, it's like game in, game out. You don't know what kind of team you're going to get there. Well, they got that, that one guard who is a beast, right? Though. But still, uh, the rest what, of the you team, could be top five NBA guy. But still, the rest of the team, you don't know what you're going to get when it's just that guy. Well, they're very Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, oh, right. They they could lose. They live and to die the, by that. They, they could beat Michigan and they could lose to you know the worst team in the Big Ten. Right. That's what Indiana's been. But then Penn State at home, Iowa at home. Then you end with at Ohio State. So really, you're coming through here. Games you're probably not going to be favored in. Michigan, Michigan State, uh, and probably that game at Ohio State. Uh, visiting with our Badger insider, R.J. Brockman. Well, to that point, just you shrink it. You know, you get the win, so you go to 12-6. and six. Again, you, you really like your chances the next two. So assuming you, you, you win at Illinois Wednesday and against Northwestern State at home, now you're 14-6. and six. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're clearly probably back in the top 25 at that point. You're you're solidified as a tournament team at that point. Now, again, there's no guarantee that you end, you will then enter a stretch of five games, Nebraska, Maryland, Minnesota, Michigan, Michigan State. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. 5.35 now on a Wednesday morning. I'm not sure that we got quite as much snow out of this system as they were predicting, but boy, plenty of schools that are canceled for the day. If you're headed out, the roads are still plenty slick while we're starting the cleanup. Up before 6 o'clock, we're visiting with Angie Horkin from the Wisconsin Beef Council. You know, 2018 wasn't an awful year for beef producers, but why? What consumer trends are out there that growers need to be aware of as they map out their 2019? She's our guest before we hit 6 o'clock. I'm Pam Yonke. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Wednesday. Did you know on this date, back in 1986, the first artists were inducted in to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Who do you think they were? Well, Elvis Presley was one, Ray Charles was another, and James Brown was the third. 
Those were the first artists inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame back in 1986. And now you know. Well, we also know that more and more folks in 2019 are taking a look at hemp production as a profit source for their farm. And because of depressed commodity prices, even more folks are thinking about hemp production this year. But there's a few things you have to be aware of. Farm assistant Jenna Preston caught up with Jennifer Heaton Amron. She's a staff member at the Department of Ag, Trade, and Consumer Protection that's helping to monitor the hemp licensing process and hemp production in the state. And she said there's a couple things that growers have to be aware of if they want to venture down the hemp path. Well, the first farm bill that was passed was in 2014, and that initial farm bill allowed for these research pilot programs to begin in states as long as the states authorized them. Most recently, um, in December 2018, 2018 farm bill passed, and that legalized hemp as an agricultural commodity, which makes it a lot easier crop for people to to grow now. Um, states will still have to run programs that have licenses and uh, registrations and crop locations, but it makes interstate commerce of hemp more legal. There should be crop insurance and banking available. It has taken hemp off the controlled substance list, so uh, it no longer has the restrictions on it like it did when it was combined with marijuana. How can people in the state of Wisconsin get licenses to grow hemp? If you want to get a great license to grow hemp in 2019, you need to apply with the Wisconsin Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Protection. Um, we have our application forms available on our website, which is datcp.wi.gov. Um, you can just search hemp, and we have paper applications that you can download, or we also have an online process that's available. The licensing period ends on March 1st, 2019. So if you want to grow or process industrial hemp in Wisconsin in 2019, you need to get your paperwork in by March 1st. Now, what are some of the requirements for you to have a hemp license? To get a hemp license, we need uh, you can apply as an individual or business. We need your growing or processing locations, um, GPS coordinates for those. You'll also need to tell us uh, why you want to grow industrial hemp, what you intend to learn as part of growing it under our pilot program. And then we are required to conduct a background check on everyone um, and people that get have felony drug convictions in their background or criminal convictions, those people would be ineligible to participate in the program. The final requirement is signing a research agreement with us, which is basically a contract saying that you will abide by the rules and regulations of the program and the laws of Wisconsin. What opportunities does this do for farmers? Well, I think people are excited about the hemp program because hemp you know, was a crop in Wisconsin um, many years ago. We were number one and number two in the nation back in the 20s, 30s, and World War II. And it's another opportunity to um, have another crop in the rotation, maybe develop another industry that can help with all of Wisconsin's economy, both on the um, agricultural side and also in manufacturing and, and retail. So people see a lot of opportunities for hemp. It is still a pilot program. People are learning a lot. So it's not an overnight success program necessarily, but there are a lot of long-term um, opportunities here. Jennifer Heaton Amberin, Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Protection. For more information, go to datcp.wi.gov and search hemp. For the Wisconsin Farm Report, this is Jenna Preston. 
At Compere Financial, we understand how challenging farming and this way of life can be. And we know you can't predict what the upcoming growing season will bring. So while there's nothing wrong with hoping for the best, preparing for everything is even better. That's why so many farmers look to us to help manage their risk and protect their investment with crop insurance coverage. Contact your local Compere Financial crop insurance specialist before the March 15th sign-up deadline or visit us at Compere.com. Compere Financial is an equal credit opportunity lender and provider. So you think you're ready for Wisconsin weather. Well, let me remind you, Madison averages 43 inches of snow per year and 35 inches of rain. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here for my friends at McFarland's, 780 Carolina Street, right there in the heart of Sauk City, just off Highway 12, where everything is all under one roof. Boy, is that convenient when it comes to Wisconsin weather and making sure that your ride is safe. Now, remember, McFarland's takes care of all of your rides, whether it's autos, pickup trucks, large trucks, farm tractors, but it doesn't stop there. Bicycles, snowblowers, garden tractors, and RTVs. Listen, if you're depending on your ride and those tires, you should depend on McFarland's. And as always, service all under one roof in the auto and tire shop. Stop on by today and make sure your ride's safe for Wisconsin roadways. McFarland's, 780 Carolina Street in the heart of Sauk City. This is Ty Gaffney. I would like to invite you to my family's Angus Bull Sale on February 2nd in Partyville, Wisconsin. We are selling our best black Angus Bulls. They rank in the top 15% for birth weight, weaning weight, and dollar beef. The sale starts at 2 p.m. at the Brenneman Bull Barn. Look us up online. The Gaffney and Lynn's families are looking forward to seeing you on Saturday, February 2nd in Partyville. 5.42 on the clock. Well, yesterday, U.S. Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue announced that they are going to reopen Farm Service Agency offices across the countryside starting tomorrow. He has now recalled the more than 9,700 Farm Service Agency office employees to go back to work beginning tomorrow. They'll work uh, from 8 a.m. till 4.30 p.m., starting tomorrow through February 8th. That's as long as he's been authorized to keep those offices open. Purdue said he obviously hopes the government shutdown has been resolved by then. How did he get this done? Well, he worked with the Office of Management and Budget and lawyers within the U.S. Department of Agriculture to secure the funds. So again, all Farm Service Agency offices will reopen starting tomorrow and be authorized to stay open until February 8th so that they can have a little bit more of an expanded menu of what they can do to help farmers. Markets and overnight electronic trade are holding firm after a soft day yesterday. December new crop corn's up a penny right now, 401 and three quarters. November beans are up two at 952 and a quarter July new crop wheat, penny and three quarters higher overnight at 534 and a half. Barrel cheese dropped two and a quarter yesterday to 117 and three quarters. 40 pound black cheese was down a penny at 139. Double A butter, three quarters of a cent lower at 223 and a quarter per pound. Overnight fluid milk contracts are quiet. Angie Horkin with the Wisconsin Beef Council joins us next. This is the Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Looking for that unique one of a kind engagement ring, something 
that you can customize yourself. Maybe a gorgeous pendant necklace, diamond earrings. The place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They're an icon in Madison. They've been around forever and right on State Street in their same location, a couple blocks from the state capitol. They're the place to go to when it comes to buying jewelry. Goodman's Jewelers has everything from the more traditional style jewelry for your engagement rings, pendants, necklaces, earrings, to the more modern styles as well. They can customize and create anything for you. Unique, funky diamonds, one-of-a-kind pieces, stuff you won't find anywhere else, and price range for everyone. When you step into Goodman's Jewelers, you'll feel the warmth and you'll feel welcome. They'll treat you just like family. You want to go somewhere where you can trust when you're buying jewelry for that special someone? Then remember my friends and family at Goodman's Jewelers. Right there, a couple blocks from the state capitol on State Street. Goodman's Jewelers. Come visit with us. We'll come to you, or you can simply go online and pre-plan your wishes. This is Pete Gunderson. Pre-planning relieves your family of additional stress and allows you to make all of the personal decisions yourself. Plus, if you own a current plan elsewhere, it's transferable to Gunderson. Learn more at GundersonFH.com, your hometown life celebration center. Gunderson The Wisconsin Cattlemen's Association invites you to join us for our annual winter conference held at Chula Vista Resort in Wisconsin Dells. Held February 8th and 9th, spend the day learning and networking during our Cattlemen's Educational Series. Make sure to stay for our Beef and Brews Reception, Recognition Program hosted by Pam Yonke, and Evening Entertainment from Milk House Radio. The Wisconsin Cattlemen's Association gives a voice to our state's beef producers on a local and national level. Visit WisconsinCattlemen.com to become a member and register for the conference. If old McDonald was real and actually had a farm, hey. she'd talk about it. This is the Wisconsin Farm Report with Pam Yonke. So, you know what? 2018 for a lot of beef producers in Wisconsin and elsewhere didn't turn out to be a real bad year. But why? Was it the international marketplace? Was it consumers' taste for beef? We're going to find out about it. It's time again for Checkoff Chat here on the Farm Show, brought to you courtesy of your beef checkoff dollars, the Wisconsin Beef Council, and our friends at the Equity Livestock Sales Association locations. And joining us on her location at home in the Reedsburg area, we've got Angie Horkin. Uh, she's a communications chief with the Wisconsin Beef Council. And now here we are all of a sudden smack dab in the beginning of 2019, Angie. Let's go back a little bit, though. Uh, by the end of 2018, there were some interesting numbers that started to be compiled by the beef industry that shows People really did prefer beef last year, and that was a good thing for a lot of our growers. Exactly. I can't believe we're in 2019 already and 2018's in the past, but um, beef demand, and it was a very good year. Um, so, you know, it's great. Uh, we got some great survey numbers uh, to share. Um, the National Office does a great job on consumer research and consumer studies, um, so they really delved into what our consumers did in 2018, um, especially at the retail level, where it's one of our strongest channels for our beef sales, um, and in, in 2018, retail beef demand was strong. Um, so a great survey came out December 13th from Allison Krebs, who does consumer market research with the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, and uh, shows a lot of this information. Um, so we got great news to pass on. What what seemed to be the trend leading the way as far as those good beef numbers, Angie? Was it hamburger? Was it higher cuts? Was it all of them? Uh, what demographics or what stuck out to you at that in that end of the year survey? 
Sure. Well, that's a great question because um, beef is seasonal, so we sell different cuts of beef at different times of the year, um, and we know that here at the Beef Council, and that's why we focus our efforts seasonally, too, on different cuts. But in 2018, ground beef demand remained steady, and it remained strong, um, probably because um, ground beef is so versatile, and it is economical because we did have higher retail beef prices in 2018. Um, but our ground beef hung in there strong in the summer months, so our summer grilling time of the year. The loin area was um, strong, and that's our middle our middle meats, you know, our sirloins, our strip steaks, our top loins, um, and our tenderloins. Of course, those are perfect for the summer months because they're grill-ready. Um, and then also in the summer, the ground beef was up there high. Now, whereas chuck demand, it's been steady, so it's not really increasing. Um, but here this time of the year, it is... Um, it's a little higher than normal because we're in that slow cooker season. Uh, we're selling a lot of short ribs this time of year and the chuck roast. Um, round demand is weaker. So um, consumers aren't really delving into the round cuts. Um, round is a lot leaner. It is does need that further preparation. You need to plan ahead. You need to marinate it. It's not you just can't hop out to the supermarket, buy it, and cook it. So we're seeing that is a little bit weaker. Mm-hmm. But sometimes that round ends up to be hamburger anyhow, depending on the retailer. Exactly. Exactly. When I do my beef, I always get it ground up in the ground round. Then yep. it's perfect mm-hmm. anywhere. Yep. So, um, yeah, I mean, the cuts are looking good. Um, you know, and I guess what we're seeing is those high beef prices is what's showing us that the demand is up. Because consumption, of course, has been increasing because our production has increased. We consume everything we produce. Um, but with that retail price being up, we're, we're saying in 2018, retail beef demand was 15% higher than in January 2012, uh, one of the previous surveys. So six years later, the price is higher, our production is higher, so our beef demand is definitely higher. Any other statistics that caught, caught your attention in this survey, Angie? I mean, I appreciate that uh, ground beef is steady and the loins are steady, but do we have any other statistics that caught your attention? Uh, you know, another great um, part of this survey was they looked at quality grade. Um, you know, we talk about the choice select spread a lot. Um, are consumers really wanting that choice beef or higher, even choice in prime? Um, and they are. So the data is confirming consumers are loving that higher quality beef supply, um, which is coming to the market more because we're producing more choice and prime animals. Um, and it's increasing our consumer demand for that choice grade. And select demand has shrunk a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, farmers and ranchers continue to improve their genetics and their herd management practices. Um and we're producing that higher quality beef that consumers are demanding. So that's good. That means we're going in the right direction. Any any statistics or any trends as far as demographics? Are we bringing the millennials and younger along to the beef showcase? We are, and we do have um, we do have a lot of different consumer statistics. Not this retail uh, survey, but yes, we are. We're we are teaching the consumers, the millennials, how to cook and how to buy beef. And then, two, one of the biggest barriers with the millennials is that nutrition message. Um, millennials prefer the higher quality of beef. 
Uh, so they say in the surveys, um, because they really want that um, good eating experience every meal, um, but we really are breaking through with the nutrition message because they're very nutritious conscious for themselves and their young um, families that they're starting. Um, so that's where we're making the headway there is with our, our protein messages um, and our nutrition messages. So overall, 2018 was a very good year for beef. It was, it was, and I think we had a great year at the Wisconsin Beef Council, too, 2018. We saw a lot of changes, um, but we did have a lot of successful programs, promotions, and we really stuck tight to our strategies, and um, it's benefiting greatly. Excellent. Now, let's talk a little bit about where we go from here. I know that the Wisconsin Beef Council is going to be having their annual meeting, uh, taking a look at not only uh, things like budgeting and campaigns, but coordination with the national scene. What Mm -hmm. sticks out to you as far as uh, the annual report from the Wisconsin Beef Council, Angie? Well, um, our 2018 annual report is not hot off the presses yet, but it will be soon. But we've got everything compiled. We've just got to get it finalized. But um, one thing you'll see in our annual report is... Our goal, and it is to position beef as the number one protein and how we do that um, by our three pillars, our people, pleasure, and protein. And, you know, what we just talked about with this, um, with that retail survey um, and to our Wisconsin dashboard that we've conducted is that those three pillars are very important, and that is what consumers are looking at. You know, they're looking at the people. So we are increasing our transparency between our beef production and our beef farmers and ranchers and then tying them into the consuming public and then we're looking at the pleasure which is the taste of beef you know the number one reason people buy beef um, to cook at home or to they order it in the restaurant is the taste so we have to keep that in mind so we keep that taste of a delicious beef meal top of mind with the audience and then protein so the nutrition message sharing the nutritional benefits of beef with um the consuming public. Mm-hmm. And across multiple platforms in a lot of different mm-hmm. ways, huh? Exactly, right. All right, Angie Horkin along with us. Like we said, 2018 was a good year for Wisconsin beef producers, and don't forget, that includes you dairy folks as well, and we're looking forward to some strong numbers, we hope, in 2019 right here in our state, right here in the United States. Not worrying so much about what's happening outside of our borders, but instead concentrating on a happy customer in our borders. Hey, and don't forget, if you're looking for some of those uh, end-of-the-year results or if you want to find out more about how you can take some of those cuts and spice them up or use them for yourself, or if you're one of those young families that needs to sharpen up your cooking skills, they'll help you do it all on the Wisconsin Beef Council website. That's beeftips.com. They've also got great demonstration videos that are there, and of course, you can cross-populate and see more on social media. Always look for the Wisconsin Beef Council and their outstanding blogs there that will connect you with the Wisconsin farm faces that are putting beef on your table. It's all brought to you courtesy of your beef checkoff dollars, the Wisconsin Beef Council, and the Equity Livestock Sales Association.